All right, let's get right into it. Very important 2022 race. Fetterman versus Oz, Pennsylvania Senate television quack doctor Mehmet Oz is the Republican Senate nominee in Pennsylvania. Running against him is the Democratic Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman. Much has been made by the Oz people about Fetterman having a stroke and Fetterman uh, needing special medical accommodations for debates and all of these horrible different things. And increasingly, Oz has just looked really like a bad guy. And there is a new poll that looks very bad for Mehmet Oz. But we try to pay attention to the average of recent polls and never focus too much on any one poll. But let's go in order. New poll Fetterman ahead of Oz with a double digit lead, writes Newsweek. When you look at the details, this is a new Marist poll published earlier this week. 51% of registered voters in Pennsylvania support Fetterman compared to 41% who support Oz, 7% undecided. This is a good number for Fetterman. However, if you go to likely voters, I'm sorry, definite voters in November, Oz gets 44% with Fetterman 51 and 4% undecided. However, When we look at the averages of recent polls, you see that Fetterman's lead is an average of four and a half points. Again, we want to see this as glass glass half full or do we want to see this as glass half empty? And the questions are always very similar. Well, the glass half full perspective is Fetterman's winning and it's outside the margin of error. The glass half empty is how on earth does a TV doctor from a different state who has no business even running, never mind being in the Senate, have an average of 44 percent of the expected Pennsylvania electorate saying, yeah, I'm going to go with the quack TV doctor from Jersey. Glass half full, glass half empty. You tell me the important thing is assume absolutely nothing and make sure that you vote. There are important deadlines in Pennsylvania. The deadline for in-person registration at local election offices is October 24th. That's three and a half weeks away. Uh, The deadline to register online is October 24th. And the deadline to register by mail is your request must be received by October 24th. So October 24th is the important number in Pennsylvania. Now, For absentee ballots, you must request your ballot no later than November 1 by 5 p.m. It must be received. Your return ballot by mail, meaning when you vote, must be received November 8th by 8 p.m. That's when polls close in Pennsylvania. If you don't send it early enough for it to be received by that time, it's not going to be counted. And then lastly, to turn in your ballot in person or vote in person, it is November 8th by 8 p.m. Polls close 8 p.m. on Election Day in Pennsylvania. Extraordinarily important election. When we ask the question, as many of us often do. On which state might Democratic control of the Senate hinge? One of the most likely outcomes is that if indeed Democratic control hinges on only one state, that state will be Pennsylvania. So these midterms, we never want to say races don't matter. Of course, tons of races matter, but both gubernatorially and senatorially, 
Pennsylvania is dramatically important. I hope all of our Pennsylvania listeners are registered or you're going to get registered by October 24th and you're going to vote. Not only is the Senate vote important, but I will again take the opportunity to remind you the gubernatorial race, and we will be covering a debate between Shapiro and Mastriano, the Republican nominee in Pennsylvania for the governor's race, Doug Mastriano. Yes, he has a history of dressing like a Confederate soldier. It's disgusting. Yeah, he's a vile, disgusting guy. Fine. But put that aside for a second. He is overtly a guy who will try to steal Pennsylvania for the Republican presidential candidate in 2024, no matter who wins. He has said he was in D.C. on January 6th. He has said he believes Trump actually won in Pennsylvania, even though he didn't. He didn't get more votes, but somehow Mastriano thinks Trump won. If in 2024 you have a tight election in Pennsylvania, and the Democratic presidential nominee wins. If Mastriano is the governor, he will try to steal those electoral votes for the Republican, even if the Republican didn't win. I don't know how else to say it. I don't know how else to explain it to people. This is an emergency in Pennsylvania. I think I've said enough. Register. Make sure you know where your polling place is. Do not forget to vote. This is an unbelievable story. The Texas attorney general, Ken Paxton, fled his home in a truck to avoid being handed a subpoena. Imagine the imagery of this. CNBC has a good and simple and straightforward write up of this. Texas AG Ken Paxton fled home with his wife to avoid a subpoena in an abortion case, according to a court filing released earlier this week. Texas attorney general Ken Paxton allegedly fled his home with his wife to avoid being served a subpoena, according to a sworn affidavit. The subpoena ordered the Republican attorney general to appear and testify in a civil lawsuit in which multiple Texas based nonprofits want to resume helping pregnant residents obtain abortions in other states. A federal judge quashed the subpoena. Paxton on Twitter claimed he was showing concern for his family and later said that the process server, the process server is the individual who delivers the subpoena is lucky this situation did not escalate further. That's a quote. Paxton, look at these details. Paxton ran from the garage or garage, as some say. Paxton ran from the garage of his home in McKinney, Texas, into a truck driven by his wife, State Senator Angela Paxton, while refusing to accept the documents from a process server, according to the affidavit filed in court. The Paxtons drove away without taking the documents, which were left on the ground by the house, according to the process server. Federal Judge Robert Pittman granted a motion Tuesday to quash the subpoena. Paxton argued the subpoena was unwarranted because none of the requisites for making or enforcing such a demand have been satisfied. In a statement Tuesday, Paxton accused the server of posing a threat by charging at him and yelling unintelligibly. Oh, my goodness. This is the guy who was indicted for felony securities fraud charges uh, years ago, hasn't faced consequences, hasn't been put on trial. Uh, He still won his Republican primary. And remember, as long as it's not a Democrat, Republican voters don't care what these people do. They claim to be for law and order. Part of law and order is, listen, uh, a legally created and obtained subpoena delivered by a process server, a legitimate process server, and you just run away and jump into a truck and drive away. That's not law and order. 
And again, the law and order crowd adhering to the principle of, well, law and order for everybody else. This is a characteristic of authoritarianism. There is no rules for the insiders and the cronies. And as I read this story and as I think about the perspective of these individuals on what law and order means to them, and I don't mean to them for society, I mean to them when they are the ones involved with the judicial system, it really is reminiscent of Putin's Russia. And there is a cartoonish nature for sure here of Paxton running away and jumping. You know, it's Texas. He probably had a belt buckle that was huge and he runs and jumps into a pickup truck. I get it. The imagery is cartoonish. The imagery is funny to some degree. But the real story here is the authoritarian nature of law and order for everybody else. And in fact, using the justice system and law enforcement to their advantage as tools when it's for other people. And then when it comes to them, they just say, no, it was illegitimate or I'm going to jump into a truck and run away. It's really the same thing with the Trump search warrant at Mar-a-Lago, which is, hey, you know what? We back the blue, the thin blue line, support the police, except when it's the Capitol Police at the Trump riots. Well, in that case, it was the protesters by which you know they mean rioters who are actually the heroes and oh, no support law enforcement are great. All these great people. They get a legal search warrant signed off on by the attorney general, by the FBI director, by a judge. They go to Trump's house and they get the stuff that they're entitled to get. Oh, no, 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 no. Now it's not about support law enforcement. Now it's law enforcement has been weaponized by Biden, even though Biden had nothing to do with that search warrant. That's the theme. And it's an authoritarian theme that we should all be very careful about and very scared of legitimately. It's not a slippery slope thing. It's. We should be scared now because of how they are willing to abandon every single one of these principles as soon as it's inconvenient to them, as soon as it comes down on them. So Ken Paxton uh, jumping into a truck and running away beyond parody, but they're for law and order. Don't don't forget that, guys. They're for law and order. Let me know your thoughts. You can find me on Twitter at D We are going to take a very quick break and be right back. I have a really tough time finding dress shirts I like. They're either uncomfortable or they're tight or they're loose or hot or itchy. And that's why it's been so great to discover the commuter shirts made by our fantastic sponsor, Roan. Roan's commuter shirt is a reinvention of the men's dress shirt. It's the most comfortable dress shirt I've worn. Roan's comfortable four way stretch fabric provides the breathability and the flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way. Could be a long day at work, could be brunch with the family. You're just going to be comfortable. And that's so important. With Roan's wrinkle release technology, the wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the shirt, which is very convenient. And Roan is 100% machine washable. So you can skip the dry cleaning altogether. I've had a great experience with Roan. The shirts are appropriate if you want to look nice or somewhat formal. I rarely need to. And they're just as good as uh, a comfortable T-shirt when you want to relax or just move around in it. Go to Roan.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman to get 20 percent off the most comfortable shirt you'll ever own. That's R H O N E dot com slash Pacman. Code Pacman saves you 20%. The link is in the podcast notes. 
One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10% off your first month. That's better. H.E.L.P. dot com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors is Sunset Lake CBD. Get affordable, high quality CBD straight from the source. Sunset Lake CBD is a family owned hemp farm in Vermont, growing premium CBD products for sleep and stress without breaking the bank. They ship directly to you from the farm, cutting out all of the extra costs with the big box stores. And because of their unique farm to table approach, Sunset Lake CBD products cost 30 percent less than the industry average. They have gummies, oils, flower topicals. I'm a fan of Sunset Lake CBD coffee, which uses Rainforest Alliance coffee beans. Many people are trying CBD for stress or pain. Maybe you're someone who likes to take a couple of CBD gummies before bed for sleep. Well, now you can actually take it every time you want to, because Sunset Lake makes it so affordable without sacrificing quality. If you already love CBD or you want to give it a try, go to sunsetlakecbd.com. Use the code Pacman for 20 percent off. They are a socially responsible company. They support what we do. Sunsetlakecbd.com. Use code Pacman at checkout for 20 percent off. The info is in the podcast notes. The David Pakman show is an audience supported program. We are an independent media program. We don't have some big corporate entity that funds us and staffs us up with dozens of producers doing almost nothing. I've seen it firsthand, folks. No, we have a small team. Everybody has multiple roles and many responsibilities. And we're primarily funded by our viewers and our podcast listeners and our radio audience. I would love for you to add your name to our list of supporters by signing up at joinpacman.com. It's quick, it's easy, it's painless. It comes with great perks, including an extra show every single day, commercial free audio and video streams of the show just for you, as well as members only town halls where we invite our website members to call in and talk to me, ask me your questions. Tell me your stories, etc. Uh, sign up at joinpacman.com and you can use the coupon code Obamna. Obamna. That's O B A M N A to get a serious discount off of the cost of your membership. I know when I tell you the following headline, many of you will say, Is this a rerun, David? Is this a 2020 episode or a 2021 episode? No.
It is almost October of 2022. And 61% of Republicans still think that Donald Trump actually won the 2020 presidential election. It is almost October of 2022. Monmouth poll shows, according to NBC News, that nearly a third of all Americans, including six in 10 Republicans, continue to hold the debunked belief that President Joe Biden did not win the 2020 election legitimately. This is a new Monmouth University poll released the day before the January 6th committee was going to hold a hearing because of uh, the hurricane. The January 6th committee has canceled today's hearing just as an FYI. Twenty nine percent of all respondents, as well as 61 percent of Republicans, say that Joe Biden won due to voter fraud, due to voter fraud. Can you imagine these numbers have been relatively consistent over time? If you look at the chart, you see that late in 2020 and throughout most of 2021, about 32 percent of all Americans believed Biden won due to voter fraud. That is down just slightly in 2022 to 29 percent. These are incredible numbers that the world sees and says, what the hell is going on in the United States? And they are right to ask that question. You really. How do you share a country and how do you run a government split with individuals who believe the system only works when they win. That's fundamentally what this is. You know, many of you wrote to me after my interview yesterday with Republican candidate Allison Hayden. The interview was a complete mess, complete and total mess. Um, she's running against Eric Swalwell in California, our friend Eric Swalwell, who, by the way, I obviously support Swalwell over Allison Hayden in that race, in case I didn't make it completely clear during the interview. And people wrote to me and said, you know, David, an interesting question to ask folks like this, people like Allison Hayden who say, no, 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 if you can't trust the, the election results, would they be flipping out the way they've been flipping out about voter fraud and election integrity since November of 2020? Would they be doing the same thing if the results had shown Trump had won? Because they claim that their concern is not about who won that their concern is about the process as I lose my earpiece here due to excitement. They say the concern is about the process and the handling of the ballots and the integrity of how everything was handled. Would they be behaving the same way if it had been Donald Trump who had won under the exact same circumstances? And of course, we all know the answer. And that gets us down to this very again. I know we use this. It's like five times a show. We get to this point. This is extraordinarily authoritarian. The system can be trusted when I've won. And when I've lost, it is a systemic problem that we need to fix. Now, there is probably some imagine a Venn diagram, the people who believe Trump won in 2020 and the people who believe that Barack Obama was not really born in the United States. My guess is there's a pretty significant overlap between those two groups. And it really shows the power of endlessly repeating a lie. To some degree, some of that 61%, you and I know they don't literally believe that Donald Trump won in November of 2020. 
But it's a combination of other things. Some of the 61 percent that are saying, I believe Trump won, say it because it signals membership in a team. And we've talked about this before. You have to show that you're part of the team and you show that by saying Donald Trump actually is the winner of the 2020 election. Others have a cognitive dissonance where they simply can't admit even to themselves they were bamboozled by a very mediocre charlatan. That's what happened. And the way that they avoid admitting that to themselves is by saying, oh, the guy actually won. The guy I supported actually is the winner. And so there's a lot of group psychology at play. There's a lot of magical thinking. There's a lot of non thinking at play. But it's all extremely demoralizing when we say, hey, you know, we should at least be able to agree on some basis of fact here. And unfortunately, we can't do that. 61% of Republicans don't believe Joe Biden won the 2020 election. This is a really interesting uh, sign. A whole bunch of Republicans who won their 2022 primaries wiped uh, mentions of failed former President Donald Trump from their websites after their primary as they reset their campaigns for the general election in November. This signals an arguably significant change within the Republican electorate, at least as far as the candidates are perceiving. So let's talk about it. There's a good Daily Beast article by Sam Brody, who's a congressional reporter, which points out and is titled Republican candidates strip abortion and Trump connections from their campaign websites. These Republicans have made a calculation. They made the calculation during the primary among the Republican electorate. It's good to play up our connection to Trump and our, our support of Donald Trump. Once they won their primary, their view changed and they said, OK, for the general election electorate, I am now better off removing mentions of Donald Trump. And I think when we look at exactly who these candidates are, it will start to make a lot of sense. And we're going to link to this article and you can check it out. Uh, and I'm getting a paywall. And uh, let me just see if I can deal with that so that we can actually look at the article that popped up all of a sudden. And because of clarity, I really want to. Ah, uh, Here we go. OK. Right after Bo Hines won a crowded primary from Congress in North Carolina, a visitor to the campaign website would immediately find his declaration that he was 100% pro life and 100% pro Trump. Pretty clear. A click away was a section focused on life and family, which professed Hines' position that life begins at conception. Naturally, the first thing greeting any visitor to the site was the grinning face of Trump. And it is all gone, 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 gone. And the article points out that all of that stuff, all of those invocations and images of Donald Trump, they've all been removed except for one apparently photoshopped image with Heinz in the section on border security. This is not the first person who did this. The Daily Beast reviewed a bunch of different websites for 2022 Republican candidates and found that at least five House Republican candidates in battleground districts completely wiped or scrubbed mentions of Trump or the 2020 election from their websites or social media right after winning the primaries. At least seven removed or significantly modified language about abortion on their websites over the summer. Um, at least three have scrubbed their online pages of Trump. That includes Blake Masters of Arizona, Mehmet Oz of Pennsylvania, Tiffany Smiley of Washington, and at least two did the same for abortion, Blake Masters and Adam Laxalt. So 
Uh, as the article says, generally, it's uncommon to see candidates significantly change platforms and branding during the course of a campaign. Some of them are saying, well, we just redirect. We just redesigned the website. That's all we did. Others are saying, well, we reshuffled the content to other places. But we know exactly what is going on here. There is a recognition among many of these Republican candidates that, number one, the hardline anti-abortion positions are out of step with the American public. We know that all polling shows us that over the last 50 years, what we call the Roe v. Wade era over the period of the Roe v. Wade era, the country has moved in the direction of abortion being legal to those who want it in most cases. And this really came to a head with the Supreme Court's reversal of Roe v. Wade with guaranteed abortion as a right in most cases to women. This is now causing a problem for some Republicans, and the way some of them are dealing with it is getting rid of the hardcore anti-choice language from their websites. But there's a second bigger recognition as well. The guy that will help you win among the Republican electorate may actually hurt you in the general election. And we're talking, of course, of Donald Trump. This is to some degree a change from previous years. You know, we often laugh about Trump takes credit for his endorsement record, and that record really isn't quite as good as he claims it to be. But the truth is that it was pretty good for a while and it no longer is seen as the sort of unabashed advantage that it was at one point. We will see how these folks do in November. Uh, and then we will see what that means for 2024. Hurricane Ian may be making landfall in Florida quite literally as we speak. I hope every one of our viewers in the areas that are getting hit, and we have a lot of viewers in those areas, are um, heeding the precautions, evacuating if you've been indicated that if it's been indicated that you should evacuate. Fox News propagandist Tucker Carlson is saying that hurricanes are a scam. We are going to take a look at a clip of Tucker's show from last night. Let's take a listen. So you hate to hype hurricanes because it's just a staple of TV and everyone's kind of on to the scam. But there's a legitimately large hurricane barreling toward the Gulf Coast of Florida tonight. A hurricane bigger than we've seen in more than 100 years. The foremost hurricane predictor in this country. Many people vie for the title, but this man may take it. Joins us after the break. Yeah. So listen, I, I don't know whether Tucker is saying that worrying about hurricanes is generally a scam or that the media coverage of the hurricane industrial complex is a scam. But it is genuinely scary that Fox News's business model in many ways is tell our viewers that they are being lied to about lots of different things that will actually keep them safer, right? Don't get the vaccine. Don't take precautions on covid. There is no climate change. Hurricanes are a scam. Now, the most charitable interpretation of what Tucker Carlson is saying here is the way that media outlets spend days covering hurricanes, sending reporters to stand in the wind and the rain and the entire thing, the disaster porn videos, that that is a scam. That would be the most charitable interpretation of what Tucker is saying. And if that's the case, his own network is one of the greatest perpetrators of that very scam because Fox News does it all the time. 
they will do the 24 seven hurricane coverage just like everybody else. So it's never really clear what Tucker Carlson is saying. And this is kind of part of his game to always use sort of coded language or to kind of dance around issues in some way. It's not exactly clear what he means that the scam is. But the theme here is Fox News participates in whatever scam he's talking about just as much as everybody else. And if you exclusively get your news from Fox News, you are more likely to be receiving suggestions, implicit or explicit, that you engage in behavior that is quite literally putting your life at risk. And that is wacky. We will have all of these clips on our Instagram. Make sure you're following us at David Pakman show. We will take a quick break and be back to cover the growing Republican civil war as we get closer to 2024. Stay with me. One of our sponsors is Paired, the app for couples. Every day, Paired gives you and your partner questions, quizzes, games to have fun, to stay connected, to deepen your conversations and get to know each other better. What's great about it is you don't even have to be in the same room, especially with the baby right now. My girlfriend and I are quite busy and Paired really helped us to stay connected. You get a daily question to answer. You can't see your partner's answer until you answer yourself and their questions about everything, relationship, life, intimacy, other things. And all of the exercises were developed by academic psychologists and expert relationship therapists as well. Questions like what makes you feel lucky in your relationship? Great when you want to remember and have gratitude, really great thing. What's an activity you could try together this month actually gets people thinking about things to do. It can go in really funny directions as well, but it just always feels like time well spent. Go to paired.com slash Pacman to download the app and get a seven day free trial. That's P-A-I-R-E-D.com slash Pacman for a free trial. The info is in the podcast notes. I've had such trouble finding a great razor where I am not cutting myself or getting those nicks on my skin, which are so common with the cheap disposable razors. You have to meet our sponsor, Henson Shaving. Henson actually manufactures parts for the International Space Station and the Mars Rover. And they are bringing that exact same precision engineering to the shaving experience. It hurts when you shave because blades extend too far and thus they wobble slightly. But with their aerospace grade CNC machines, Henson is able to make metal razors that extend just 0.0013 inches. That's less than the thickness of a human hair, which means a secure, stable blade with a vibration free shave. It also has built in channels to evacuate the hair and the cream. No more clogs, no more rubbing your thumb on the razor to get the hair out. I use Henson at home. Shaving is a great experience now. Henson wants to be the best razor, not the best razor business, which means you only need to buy it once and it's awesome. Go to hensonshaving.com slash Pacman, add a razor and a hundred pack of blades to your cart, then enter the code Pacman to get the hundred blades for free. That is a three year supply. That's H E N S O N shaving.com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. All right, let's briefly discuss the growing, very explosive civil war within the Republican Party. This is already a fight for the 2024 Republican nomination. It is Trump versus DeSantis. Both are 
in glass houses and throwing many, many, many stones. Let's start with Trump on DeSantis, and then we will look at DeSantis on Trump. On the Trump side, Donald Trump is flipping out and uh, recently called Ron DeSantis fat, phony and whiny, which sounds extraordinarily like projection. Let's discuss it. Maggie Haberman has a new book coming out and she wrote an article about her interviews for the book for The Atlantic. Now, I know it. Listen, it's always the same routine. All of these folks, they have all the good stuff and they hold it for their books in order to sell books. It's what it is. Doesn't mean that uh, any of it is untrue. They all do it. And Bolton did it. They all did it. We talk about it. Is it immoral to some degree? Yeah, maybe. I mean, here, these are not uh, uh, claims about with national security implications, but we all know that they do this in the article in The Atlantic. Three conversations with Donald Trump. There is a section about Ron DeSantis. And Maggie Haberman writes, I brought up another potential future primary rival by mentioning that he had been compared to New Jersey's feisty governor Chris Christie before the two men faced off in the 2016 primary. Trump replied, I was compared to him. Why? I didn't know I had that big of a weight problem. A small smirk followed. Then he's an opportunist. I heard that Trump was describing Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in similar terms, calling him fat, phony and whiny while claiming credit for making his candidacy in 2018. Um, What is with Trump and calling everyone fat? Bill Barr recently called him fat. Chris Christie recently posted of a picture of a guy at a buffet. It's still not even clear to me whether it was Chris Christie or not. It looks like Chris Christie, but I don't know if it was. And now Ron DeSantis and the projection is truly incredible. And I think it goes to Trump's insecurities. Trump is obese. Okay, Trump is obese. Trump claims to be six, three, two thirty nine. He's not six, three. And he weighs more than two thirty nine. And according to BMI, which is not a perfect measure, but I think it's it's more or less right with Trump. Trump is obese. Trump is a total phony. He says DeSantis is a phony. Trump developed a fake persona to run as a Republican. Trump was for abortion access for 68 years of his life. And then he decided he's going to run for president. And he said, no, 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 I'm very, very pro-life, as he describes it. Uh, And the story he came up with is, you know, I met a woman and I met the woman's kid. And the woman told me I once thought about getting an abortion, but now I have this great kid. And Trump said, wow, I liked the kid so much I became against abortion. Come on, guys. Trump's claims to be religious. He's a complete and total phony, which he accuses Ron DeSantis of being. And I've never seen a bigger whiner than Donald Trump. I, it, I, I, I cannot think of in the political world bigger whiners than the Trump family. We're the most poorly treated people ever. I was the best president and everyone says mean things. They're all going after me. They're mean, all this different stuff. And what we are starting to see here with Trump and DeSantis, as you're going to see in a moment, is that narcissism is colliding with more narcissism and you can get some really interesting results. And we may indeed have that in the 2024 Republican primary if both of these guys run. Now, the numbers in the 24 primary in the betting markets have completely reversed in Ron DeSantis's favor. And I'm going to get to that in a moment. 
But now that we've covered the Trump on DeSantis part of the Republican Civil War, let's go to the DeSantis on Trump part of the Civil War. I want the 2024 Republican primary to become the dirtiest, filthiest, most corrupt and disgusting mudslinging fest that we can imagine, because it will be bad for Republicans in 2024. And we already read of Trump going after Ron DeSantis as being fat and phony and whiny. But Ron DeSantis is also now going after Donald Trump. There's a great article by Gabriel Sherman in Vanity Fair. Gabriel Sherman is very good at these types of articles. The article is called Ron DeSantis, the making and remaking and remaking of a MAGA air with the subtitle. The Florida governor is the Fox loving lib owning successor in waiting to Donald Trump's cult of personality. But for all DeSantis's bona fides and rocketing national profile, doubts about his own persona, calculated, aloof, cold blooded persist. Is it any wonder he and the former president are already locked in a 2024 Cold War? The article explains that behind the scenes, uh, Ron DeSantis is not a big fan of Donald Trump. And I have to tell you, Ron DeSantis is not a dumb guy. I think Ron DeSantis is completely depraved morally, ethically, and his willingness to take on the persona that he has taken on as Florida governor rubs me obviously the wrong way. I think it's immoral and disgusting. But the truth is, DeSantis is not stupid. He's a highly educated guy. And it's hard to believe that DeSantis would genuinely see Trump in a positive light. Obviously, DeSantis sees Trump as a moron. And that is exactly what this article says DeSantis is saying behind the scenes. The article says so far, the DeSantis Trump smackdown has been unfolding off camera, but it likely won't stay that way. DeSantis in private trashes Trump. He calls him a TV personality and a moron who has no business running for president. A former DeSantis staffer said. DeSantis tells donors that if he takes on Trump, he would launch a full frontal attack on his record and competence, according to a Republican source briefed on the conversation. DeSantis says the only way to beat Trump is to attack him head on. He would he says he would turn to Trump during a debate and say, why didn't you fire Fauci? You said you would build the wall, but there's no wall. Why is that? DeSantis is not stupid. OK, my interest is that both of these guys go down in flames in 2024. So I say let them fight. I've been saying this for a while. The more Trump hurts DeSantis, the better. The more DeSantis hurts Trump, the better. At some point, one of these two is going to be the front runner and whatever hits they take from the other guy are going to extend the Republican primary, make it uglier and hopefully turn people off of voting from uh, voting for Republicans altogether. DeSantis has taken a lead in the betting markets. These are extraordinary numbers. Now, I want to remind everybody, this is not polling of who do you support? This is betting. Who do you believe will eventually be the nominee? DeSantis is now leading Trump. This has not been the case for a while. And in fact, if we look at the uh, 90 day, let's see, what are the numbers here? Uh, yes, you see that sometime in early to mid August, DeSantis equaled and then surpassed Trump. 
Trump sort of came back a little bit, but now it is DeSantis steadily in the lead in the betting market. If you want to make a dollar betting on Trump being the nominee, you've got to bet twenty nine cents. And if you want, want to make a dollar betting on DeSantis being the nominee, you've got to bet thirty five cents. In other words, since it is considered more likely at this point in the betting market that DeSantis will be the nominee, you've got to put up more money to make a dollar. This is a really big deal. DeSantis is building a lead here now. In terms of the behind the scenes, if I were DeSantis, I would be trying to, for, for example, maybe expedite the investigations into Trump in DeSantis's own state of Florida. Remember, Mar-a-Lago, Trump's home is in Florida. I would be trying to secretly screw Trump over by making the legal trouble as bad as possible. Now, maybe DeSantis is doing that, but you have the Republican Party having to walk what is essentially a tightrope. They can't turn on Trump right now without losing Trump supporters. And it's too early for that because Trump may indeed run at the same time. If they're too aligned with Trump, they risk going down with the ship. If Trump indeed gets indicted and goes down and someone like DeSantis really builds an actual polling lead against Trump, many of these presidential elections even though the electoral, the popular vote difference is big. I mean, millions and millions of votes that Joe Biden won by in 2020. Oftentimes, the electoral margin comes from narrow victories in just a handful or even two or three states. So it is a very fine line that these Republicans are walking. My view as a concerned leftist is let them fight, let them fight and let them make it as filthy as possible. Donald Trump gave an interview yesterday, and he again did this bizarre N word rant. This is his new bit. He knows exactly who his audience is. And this was an interview in which Donald Trump seemed very confused, quite disoriented. Take a listen. If you look at Putin with his talk, Putin, and if you look at this is not talk, you don't mention that thing that thing that we don't want to talk about. I say the N word. Well, it means the nuclear word. Mm -hmm. The N word is the nuclear word. And that is a threat like nobody's had out there. I mean, he's talking about that openly and it's being handled very badly. Oh, Again, no, I, this was I agree with you. That shouldn't have happened. We, we are we're on being the precipice. heard very badly from yeah. within. Trump knows exactly who his audience is. He knows exactly how to wind people. Oh, the N word, the N word. And you might remember that clip from his rally over the weekend where, where Trump brought up the N word. And he goes, you know what that is? And then the crowd thinks they know which N word he's talking about. And then Trump has to pacify them and go, no, 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 no. I mean, nuclear. I mean, nuclear or nuclear, as some like to say. Uh, Donald Trump seems to think that Putin is winning in Ukraine despite a protracted stalemate at best for Russia. Right now, Never Mr. Happened. President, if you get reelected, let's just say, yeah. I'm hypothetically here, Hypo. you get back in, what would you do to broker peace right away? Because I don't hear anybody from the European Union and definitely in the Biden regime trying yeah. to convince these two, Zelensky and Putin, to get to the table and do what's right for the innocent people right. dying. By the way, before Trump delivers his foreign policy analysis, this is on OAN. Trump is increasingly relegated to being interviewed on Newsmax and OAN. Fox had him last week to try to help him out, but he is increasingly not welcome on mainstream networks in the middle, which is come to the peace bargaining table. Nobody's willing to discuss right. that. 
Well, it would have been much easier before it happened, but it did happen, and that's where we are right now. The thing you have to do is get the oil price down, and Russia will stop, because Russia's getting at $100 a barrel. Russia has never had, they've never had wealth like this before. And despite the war and the cost of the war and what the war war is doing to everybody and the killing, Mm -hmm. the tremendous killing that's taking place, if you got oil down to, you know, I had it down to $40 a barrel. I had it down to less (laughs) than that. We had gasoline at one point. Remember, the the collapse in the oil market was because of COVID. Now Trump is praising it like it's a good thing. Down to a dollar and 49 cents. Can you believe it? I remember. And now you look at where it is. You look at where it is right now. Everybody was buying very big cars and trucks. They were driving trucks. They wanted not even SUVs. Let's go buy a truck. But we had it down to a level that nobody's seen in decades and decades and decades. And it was a great thing. This country was booming and then (laughs) they shut it off. But what you do is you have to get the oil price down. You get the oil price down, the the uh, you get it down to 40, 50 dollars a barrel. The war would stop automatically. You don't even have to talk to anybody It would stop automatically. (laughs) Now, of course, this entire framing is completely absurd. Trump seems to think Putin is actually winning in Ukraine, despite the reality on the ground being dramatically different. But you're not going to get pushback on OAN. They're not they're certainly not going to push back about that. Now, one interesting moment was that, you know, OAN is one of the most weaponized disinformation audiences that is out there in right wing media on OAM on OAN. Trump stood by the vaccines for covid as well as Operation Warp Speed, which I don't know that the audience here is necessarily going to love. But remember, Trump is desperate to have something to take credit for. Uh, as far as uh, Operation Warp Speed, I mean, I've been given great reviews on that by a lot of people. We've done that. We did an incredible job. You know, when we handed it back over after a rigged election, we handed it back over. The stock market was higher than it was prior to COVID, to the day before COVID came in. And by the way, the stock market is higher than it is right now. I don't know if anybody's noticed oh, that. Oh, yeah. We've lost $7 trillion since is, Biden took over. Yeah, I was going to get to that in the economy. Uh, but I still got to get that vaccine question out, Mr. President, just because I get so many viewers asking, with the side effects, where does Mr. Trump stand on that? The, the side effects, guys. The side effects. Which are what again? Just blue like a little bit? So many viewers sent that in to me. So, so we I, got a vaccine done and we also got Regeneron and a lot of other therapeutic things done, which are phenomenal and which really. And remember, Trump didn't do any of those things. The, uh, you know, people don't talk about, but really uh, have been fantastic. Uh, the vaccine was done in nine months instead of five years or 10 years or 12 years. And as you know, there are many, many people that think that millions of people worldwide have been saved because of the, the vaccine. Uh, we'll see what happens. We're going we're looking at it very, very closely. But we got that done in nine months as opposed to five years to 12 years. They right. said it was going to take anywhere from five to 12 years. If reelected, though, uh, Mr. President, you would remove any type of mandate at the federal level for our military, for first run, for everybody when it comes to this vaccine, because there are questions about the side yeah. effects. So you would well, remove those. There are really no questions the mandates. Yeah, okay. I didn't do the mandates. Gotcha. The mandates were done by other people. Yep. Just and, wanted to get uh, you on the record for that one. Under me. Yep. Yeah. So many the people mandates asking. were done by governors and they were done by others. And the mandates were very bad. I was against the mandates. I was never for the mandates. And all right. So for, you know, he's trying to court an audience on OAN that is not big on the vaccines. That's the reality. And um, I don't know how that's going to necessarily go over with them. But Trump has very little left and he just doesn't even know where to go. Uh, Donald Trump uh, continuing uh, the theme from his rallies of the anti-trans stuff. 
during this interview as well. This thing has exploded like it's okay and normal to start cutting up a 13 or a 14 year old and use 140 yeah. different genders and 200 different pronouns. This is nonsense. They're going after our kids. Don't you think, Mr. President? True. And I ended that, as you know, I ended it largely in the country, but I ended it for our military. It was over. You couldn't do it. Right. And uh, there was a little bit of fuss from a few people, but 99 percent of the people agreed. This is a very this is an issue that if you ever took a real poll, it probably would poll at one yeah. percent. And they're trying to destroy our country. So this is now a theme. This is you know, we started seeing this actually at CPAC, where the biggest applause line were the overtly homophobic and transphobic ones. And we're increasingly seeing this. And it's a really depressing thing to see absent any actual policy. Last clip here. Uh, Trumpers, as well as Trump himself, want to paint a picture of the golden age of America, the summer of COVID, even though it was actually the summer of COVID. And we're not that far away. We had something going so special two years ago. We were leading the world in every category. Every group within our country was leading uh, African-American, Asian-American, women, men, Hispanics. Everybody was leading young people, <laughs> old people. We were all doing great. Yeah. Remember that that was when hospitals needed to bring in refrigerated trucks as morgues because they were out of space for the people dead from covid in the hospitals. Another bizarre interview completely disconnected from reality. I often have a very hectic schedule and I don't always have the time to plan the exact nutrition of all of my meals. But our sponsor, Athletic Greens, just makes it easy to make sure I'm getting the nutrients I want. I've been using it for almost a year now, and it's great. AG one by Athletic Greens is a delicious plant based blend of 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and probiotics from whole food sources. If I have just one small scoop of AG one a day, I know I'm getting the nutrition and nutrients that I want that support all of the things that are important to me. The only alternative would be to take 20 different vitamin pills and things every day. I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. AG one is super tasty. You can put it in a smoothie. I drink it straight. Achieving good nutrition and feeling your best does not have to be complicated. You can make AG one part of your daily routine the way I have done. When you go to athleticgreens.com slash Pacman, you will get a one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. That's athleticgreens.com slash Pacman for a one year supply of vitamin D. The link is in the podcast notes. Well, Truth Social is very rapidly heading towards bankruptcy, and I actually do like this, but not because I necessarily want to see it fail, but because it does confirm that the demand that the right claims is there for some completely unfettered free speech platform for the right to be allowed to say what they want really isn't there. There really isn't the demand for it. So let's back up a little bit. Truth Social is this right wing social media platform. It's Donald Trump's social media platform to some degree. And the idea of Truth Social was all of the conservative voices being censored on Twitter and elsewhere. You're going to be able to go to Truth Social and you will be free to say whatever you want. Everyone can say whatever they want on Truth Social. Turns out, number one, 
wasn't actually the case. Lots of people getting banned on Truth Social for talking about the January 6th committee hearings or for all bunch of different things. So it turns out it wasn't really this free speech platform they claim it would be. Secondly, turns out it wasn't really a platform too many people were interested in. And the latest sort of nail in the coffin is that investors are pulling almost one hundred and forty million dollars from the company that is planning to merge with Trump's Truth Social. The uh, Business Insider article writes the deadline for Digital World to acquire Trump's Truth Social passed on September 20th. Investors are walking away from planned commitments of one hundred and forty million dollars. Reuters reports that savvy management investors bowed out, taking away one hundred million dollars. This is going to likely be the demise of Truth Social. And of course, as far as these investors go, the fact that they were going to invest in the first place shows that they're not necessarily the most brilliant investors. Many of the businesses that Trump is a part of end up going under and investors lose money. Trump tries to run away with the cash and it's a complete and total disaster. But I think the most important the reason I love this is that they love to say the entire right. And, you know, they claim sometimes they'll claim the right is two hundred and twenty five million people. Trump recently said seventy five million people voted for him and that there's probably another one hundred and fifty million Trumpists as well. The numbers don't even make sense. It's absurd numbers. If you look at how many adults there are in the U.S., it makes no sense whatsoever. But their story is there's tens of millions or hundreds of millions of us. We are being silenced on Twitter and everywhere else. And we really want a platform where we can say what we want and say what we believe. And it's going to be great and it's going to be profitable and it's going to explode. They create truth social and it just kind of goes nowhere. And what I love is that truth social is failing in the marketplace of ideas. Nobody's censoring truth social. Nobody's shutting it down. But slowly but surely, people don't care. They don't really have users. And it just declines and declines and declines. And it looks like ultimately it's going to end up going under completely. It will, of course, be blamed on radical leftists, globalists, whatever. But the reason it's failing is because it's terrible. And it's even sort of like a Twitter clone. If you look at the platform, the buttons, the re the retruth and all the entire design and user interface, it's basically a Twitter clone. And so if your belief is Twitter on a technical level is fine, but it needs to be free from censorship of conservatives, then by definition, Truth Social should be doing really well. It's not. It's not doing well and it's going to go under. And I absolutely love it. Hey, here is a story that I don't know if you'll find this surprising. I didn't find it particularly surprising. A new book out explains that when Donald Trump would see staffers of color at the White House, meaning non-white people, he would assume that they were waiters, even though they were not. There's a really good Rolling Stone article about this, which I encourage you to check out, which we will link to. Trump saw staffers of color at the White House and assumed they were waiters. When Democratic leaders brought a racially diverse group of staffers to a meeting, the former president assumed that they were there to serve food. Oh, my God. Like, is, is it's absurd, but is it really that surprising? The article recounts an event in January of 2017 when Trump had a reception with top congressional leaders. There were hors d'oeuvres and there were uh, a bunch of Democratic staffers 
And apparently Trump turned to them and asked them to bring over some of the appetizers. Why don't you get the food? Trump told staffers for Chuck Schumer. God, it's making me cringe to even read this. Trump told staffers for Schumer, Pelosi and others. Go and get the food. Oof. This is according to New York Times reporter Maggie Haberman's new book, Confidence Man. Then White House Chief of Staff Rince Priebus rushed to correct Trump's remark, telling the then president that those were top congressional aides, not White House waitstaff. Rolling Stone writes Trump's remark is just one example of Trump's casual racism detailed in the pages of Confidence Man. Later in the same meeting, Trump told Schumer and Pelosi that ballots cast by illegals were the only reason he lost in 2016's popular vote to Hillary. After an awkward silence, Pelosi interjected, I don't believe so, Mr. President. Oh, my God. This is just wild. The book describes Trump's relationship with Kara Young, a model he dated for many years who had a black mother and a white father. After meeting Young's parents, Trump joked she got her beauty from her mother and her intelligence from her dad, the white side. Trump laughed at his own joke. Young didn't. And according to the book, voiced her displeasure. This is all just completely nuts. It's all completely nuts, but also completely unsurprising. Um, Think back. Remember this incident during Trump's 2016 campaign? We had a case where we had an African-American guy who was a fan of mine. Mm. Great fan. Great guy. In fact, I want to find out what's going on with him. You know what? I'm. Look at my African-American over here. Look (laughs) at him. Are you the greatest? Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. (laughs) It's funny. It's funny, but it's also absolutely horrifying. And uh, this shouldn't really shock us. Remember that Donald Trump paid for an ad in the newspaper calling for the death of innocent black people who had been falsely accused of a crime. It's called the Central Park Five. And so I'm filing the revelations in Maggie Haberman's book under things that we already thought were probably true. And now we have definitive confirmation just completely unbelievable. We have a voicemail number, which is two one nine two David P. Now, I want to address the question asked in this voicemail seriously, because many of you have been asking it. Take a listen. Hey, David, Chris from Portland. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I really was hoping that you'd be able to share with uh, the listeners the process that you go through to uh, vet some of these Republican candidates that you have uh, on your show that you're interviewing because they almost seem so consistently wacky. It's like you're cherry picking them. Now, I know you're not, but it seems like you are because they're all just out there. Uh, So if you could explain the process that you go through, that'd be great. I mean, that person today, Allison, She really did say it all. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Bye. So listen, many people have written in and said, David, why don't you interview the more intelligent, articulate and reasonable Republicans running for 2022? Why is every person that you interview completely whacked out of their gourd? Here's the reality. We cast an extremely wide net, very, very wide net. And I'm looking now at emails from my colleague John about all of the different people that he approached. It's dozens of candidates, dozens of candidates. Some of them are more reasonable. A couple of weeks ago, I interviewed this guy, Johnny Teague, who won the Republican primary in the Texas 7th district. 
and he might believe JFK Jr. is still alive. Fine. But he he was more reasonable, at least in, in terms of some of his political views. We cast a really wide net. Most of these Republicans don't want to be interviewed by me. I think many of them research us and they look at past interviews I've done and they turn us down. I've also told you that we've had probably five or six who have initially agreed to be interviewed. And then something happens between when they agree and the day of the interview and they bail. We literally never hear from them again in many cases. They just they don't show up. They're not on Skype when we're supposed to be interviewing them. We never get an explanation. So some of them bail because of that. So what you are seeing is not me cherry picking the craziest Republican candidates. It's these are just the ones that are ending up on the show for one reason or another. And some of them are completely out of their minds, like Allison Hayden yesterday. She was really nuts, scary, scary nuts in a way. On the other hand, we also have other candidates who have just not shown up. So we really are trying to get a diverse representation of what is going on on the Republican side right now. And listen, Johnny Teague was more reasonable. Allison Hayden was more bonkers. And, you know, John Gibbs was, I guess, somewhere in between or something like that. But we are not cherry picking. And so many people, you know, sometimes people will say, David, why won't you debate Ben Shapiro? I've had Ben Shapiro on and we've invited him many times and he doesn't accept coming on. Now, you can say, well, that's because your show isn't big enough to be worth it for him. Fine. But don't tell me I'm unwilling. You can't say, David, you're unwilling. And then I explain he's welcome. And then you say, well, yeah, why would he do your show? Okay, but but the point was, I'm willing, I'm willing. That's the situation. We're not cherry picking the crazies, but I think it bears mentioning that a lot of the Republicans running this year are completely nuts. We have a great bonus show for you today. The British pound has plummeted to a record low against the dollar. We will talk about the implications and the reasons and more. I am going to weigh in on the chess crisis wherein top player Magnus Carlson has accused another player named Hans Niemann of cheating. It has taken the chess world by storm, and we will talk about it. And also, Brazilians are about to vote, and there are viral election lies. There's a lot of Trumpy stuff being said by Bolsonaro, all of which we will talk about on today's bonus show. Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. Everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. Yeah. Listen, the bonus show is great. I would love for you to sign up at joinpacman.com. Get access. Get in there. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic thing. We'll talk to you very soon. Joinpacman.com coupon code INDICT gets you a discount.